0: And welcome to Coffee with Phil, where our goal is to help you live a life of purpose on purpose. We believe that we each become wiser through the people we meet and the stories we hear. So today, we want to connect you with someone new. To help you find the wisdom in today's story, here's your podcast host, Phil Strong. Hi, and welcome to Coffee with Phil. My name's Phil Strong, and I'm really glad you've joined me for Coffee Online today. Hey look, I am looking outside today and it's dreary. It's wet and it's cold and I'm glad that I'm inside with a nice cup of latte coffee. So for me that's a couple of shots of espresso and a slightly taller glass with a bit more milk. It's just a good way to enjoy an afternoon coffee in my office. Thanks for joining me on the podcast today, Coffee with Phil. I'm glad you're here. Today, I want to look between the pages of my latest book, Building a Strong Family. It launched in 2019, and I'm so proud of that uh, book and the result that we pulled together as a team. But on those pages, you're going to read many stories about our family and how we journeyed through a season of life and what we felt we learned from that season. It's a great book, it's an easy read, and I'm loving the feedback that people are sending me. But today, I want to look backstage. I want to go behind the curtain. I want to read between the lines, between the pages, if we could, and see what's happening behind those stories. What's my aim in that? My aim is that as you hear these stories, you'd be encouraged, but you'd be spurred on to build your own strong family to do the best you can in the same way kathy and i are doing the best we can to build a strong family so come on let's turn some pages together <music> hi and welcome to coffee with phil my name's phil strong and i'm glad you joined me for coffee online uh today i want to share some thoughts about reading between the pages As an author, I write a lot, Uh, published four books, and today, it's 2020, and so I want to speak about my most recent book, which I released in 2019, called Building a Strong Family. It's a great read. I'm really proud of it. In fact, in the next podcast, I'm going to share some thoughts behind the scenes of how I put that together, the power of working with a team and bringing in strength that you don't have. So watch out for that in a couple of weeks. But today, I want to talk about reading between the pages. What I mean by that is the stories that you read on the pages have stories behind them. And what I want you to get out of today is I want you to understand that the story of your life, your experiences, the journey you're on, even right now as you're listening to this, there's something for you to find behind the pages. So I hope you get maximum out of today, and I hope that you take it away, you chew on it, and you look for the gold that's hidden. So let me... Let me start with what was happening at the beginning of the story that I wrote in Building a Strong Family. That book is a collection of stories in a season of our life uh, where we found ourselves overseas, and you can get more of that uh, as you read the chapters. But look, at the beginning, in chapter one, I write about what led our family to make that commitment to go away. I write specifically about the stirring I had in me to perhaps get this uh, revelation, this uh, seed thought, as my good friend Eugene writes in the introduction, a seed thought to take the family away to America to rebuild the family. And that's really where I got the title, Building a Strong Family, because I was in a mess. Uh, What you don't read in the pages is what had been happening for the three years, probably, previous to that decision. I'd been on a a really good ride on the roller coaster, heading up uh, and uh, climbing heights and doing well and having fun, uh, empowering people, funding people into business, investing in property and helping others to invest in property. I was having a good time. But the three years prior to us going overseas were climatic in the point of catastrophe, Uh, one catastrophe on top of another catastrophe, uh, most of them uh, reflection of what was going on inside of me. Uh, So I had uh, really built myself beyond my capacity. I'd built myself beyond my character. I'd built myself to the point where I wasn't able to carry all those things that I'd put in place, and it started falling apart. There were cracks in the foundations. There were cracks in the walls. The roof was leaking. If my... If my life was a house, then the honest truth is it was falling to bits. And what happened at the end of that was that we ended up uh, having to close down all our businesses. I had, um, I had people chasing me for money, uh, and I would literally hide in my office. I wouldn't answer my phone when it rang because I knew it was people demanding money. And I would work my way through the season at my own pace i had a good friend give me some advice he says do it at your pace you need to take control but you need to do this at your pace and so i wasn't avoiding phone calls permanently i was diverting phone calls to voicemail so that i could find the strength and the process to work my way out of the hole that i was in and i did but i hid in my office I grew a beard, I grew my hair long, people didn't recognize me at church because I was literally a different person. I was being pulled to pieces, as it were, broken up into pieces, and those pieces were pulled apart. And it was horrific. It was one of the worst seasons of my life. But what came out of that was a new understanding of how to deal with challenge. What came out of that was a new understanding of how to deal with conflict and how to deal with people and how to deal with my own insufficiency and to find a strength greater than I could carry in my own, uh, in my own strength. What I found out of that was that in each challenging season, there's always a rainbow at the end of the storm, something to look forward to, something to lead you forward into a new season. What I learned out of that part of my life is that life is ultimately in seasons. Even now, as I'm recording this in 2020, you know, that's 12 years after the crash of my life, um, I'm still uh, recognizing that life has seasons. You know, maybe I'm in, a, in a, a spring season at the moment, so I'm not quite getting the fruit of my life that I would desire, but I know summer's coming. There's always a season beyond the season you're in today. And look, I hope by, by sharing that beginning part of the story, um, look, there's so much ugly that was going on, I, I, I would be embarrassed to share it all with you. But certainly I hope by sharing some of that ugly, you can recognize that what you read on the pages is the glossy, it's the publicly safe, it's the PG version of my life. But just like you, I've got hidden stories that are shaping me. And I want you to know today that whatever your hidden stories are, they're not there to conquer you, they're there to strengthen you. And uh, do what I did, find some friends, get some good advice, but work your way out of it. Because, uh, look, if you listen to this, you're not dead. And that means there's hope. There's always hope. So I want to segue now into another story uh, that you would have read in the book Uh, We we travelled across the US, Uh, we took five weeks, Uh, we travelled in a truck, it's a Chevy Suburban, three rows of seats, uh, which we didn't really understand the importance of when we bought it, but um, on that road trip, we would often find ourselves sleeping in truck stops. We would pull up at the late hours of a night, I was too tired to drive, and mostly Cathy and the kids were already asleep. And, and I'd just uh, park the truck, I'd say I'd nestle it between two big rigs uh, to try and get some uh, shade from the lights, uh, and I'd, I'd go to sleep. And, and, and we'd all wake up in the morning in this truck stop in the middle of nowhere. And the, the adventure for the kids was, well, where are we, Dad? Where are we, Dad? And, and this is before Google Maps on a phone. I didn't have a smartphone. Uh, so, so we would always have this adventure of finding out where we were. When I remember one night, driving along, thundering along the interstate, and I, I had another thought in my head. These, these thoughts, they appear uh, often, and what you've got to learn is to recognize which ones to follow. Well, this is one I knew I had to follow. Uh, I just really felt that I needed to turn left at the next intersection and head north uh, towards Minneapolis. And uh, there's a guy that I'd met a couple of times in New Zealand, he had a business North of Minneapolis. That's all I knew. He was north of Minneapolis and that I should go and see him. And so while the family are asleep, I turn left on the interstate and I head north towards Minneapolis. And we drove. I drove through the night. And I remember getting into the city and just following the signs. I, like, I didn't even know where to go. But uh, as the kids woke up, you know, with the noise of the morning traffic and Kathy was stirring, she's like, where are we? And I, I told her the story of the night. And how I really felt, God had provoked me to go and find this um, this long lost friend who I'd met a couple of times in a city I'd never been to. And we woke up uh, that morning in Minneapolis, as I said. Well, um, th- we we found ourselves to the greatest, the largest mall of America, and it's massive. and And all the signs pointed to that. So, not knowing where I was, I just drove there. And uh, the kids were a bit excited because they're like, well, this is different than sitting in the truck all day. I says, what are we going to do today? And I said, well, we're going to explore the greatest, the largest mall of America. And uh, that seemed like an adventure to them. And it might sound glamorous to you. But what I don't write, I've never written anywhere, is that morning we pulled into the car park. We, we found a park on level X. I have no idea. And um, we'd been in the car for so long, we were stripped down to shorts and t-shirts with the heater on, and it was freezing cold that day. So I remember hustling some bags out of the back of the truck, and I remember helping the kids find some warm clothes. And and, I'm I'm too big to get changed inside a vehicle, so I'm literally getting changed in the car park behind the truck, hoping that uh, the wrong person doesn't see me or suddenly I don't end up on the front page of a newspaper. And then the kids were like, "Well, what's for breakfast?" Really hopeful that we'd go to Waffle House or something like that. And uh, like I knew that that wasn't a, wasn't a deal. And so I said, "Guys, I'm going to make some breakfast this morning out of the back of the truck. It's a surprise." And uh, you should have seen their faces when I served jam sandwiches for breakfast. They were like, "What is this?" It. And I was like, "Guys, like money's tight." We can't afford to go out for eggs today, but we're going to have an adventure in the mall and maybe uh, later on we can find, some, find something fun to do. And so what I would rather do is I'd rather have jam sandwiches for breakfast so that we can afford to do something fun later on. And you know, in that moment, I, I, I had to have the humility to teach my kids the lesson of sacrifice out of necessity. We couldn't, we, had, we had, didn't have the money. You know, we couldn't afford to just to do what we wanted. We were putting gas in the truck to travel. We weren't sure where we were going to stay. And I had to have money set aside for that. And so jam sandwiches in a car park was the best I could offer my family. And that was. it was humiliating. It was humbling. But it's part of the story. You see, between the pages are those moments of humility, uh, shame, challenge, and sacrifice that other people don't read about, they don't hear about, they don't get to see it. And it doesn't make the published version of the book. But today I want to share it with you because I want you to know that in every moment like that, there's always a rainbow. And for us, we didn't know what was coming. We spent that day in the mall, we had a great amount of fun. The adventure, the highlight for the kids was we played mini-golf inside the mall. They were just astounded that there would be this mini-golf park in the middle of the Mall of America. I, I couldn't afford to put them on the roller coaster that was inside the mall, but I could afford to play mini-golf with them. And we had some great fun. That night, we set up our tent in a campsite in a city north of Minneapolis. I'd followed a, a, a an intuition, and I'd turned a corner, and I'd found my friend's business on, on the main street. Like, I'd just literally turned up and found it It was after hours they weren't open so I knew where to go the next day to find my friend I had no other way to contact him so we went and set up our tent in the local campsite I remember cooking uh, something not that nice uh, for dinner over our gas cooker uh, and Kathy and I sat there around a fire that night uh, just sharing about how crazy our life was and wondering what tomorrow would bring but I had an anticipation that there was a, a rainbow the next day. And sure enough, the next day we found our friend. He was astounded that we would come and find him all the way. Our friends from, his friends from New Zealand, uh, not knowing that we were even in the country, we had travelled so far and turned off our track in order to find him. And he knew that something special was prepared for all of us. And he wanted to take us out for lunch and my kids were very happy about that. So no more jam sandwiches today. He wanted to take us to his home. Guys, literally, his house was 700 square meters in size. And he put us in the guest wing, which was flasher than anything we'd stayed in uh, that year. He, uh, he wanted to take us out for, for dinner, but we had a, he had a meeting to go to. And, and so it was pizza on the floor, which you could imagine was even more exciting for the kids than going out. And that night, we got introduced to some people. I don't want to get into that story, but it was a significant moment in my life. That, that night, sitting uh, at this guy's house, uh, another friend at the edge of the lake, I was introduced to some significant key city leaders. I got to witness some things that really shaped my life. And, you know, if I hadn't turned left on the interstate in the middle of the night, if I hadn't uh, had the moment of sacrifice and humility in the car park eating jam sandwiches, I might never, ever have experienced that. So reading between the pages. When you read between the pages, I believe you find the gold that's in there. And and you, you've got that in your life. Whatever it is you're going through, whatever your story is, this is now, you know, that was 2009. So this is 11 years later, I'm um, telling the story and it's still bringing fruit in my life as I share it with you, but also as I recall that moment and what I learned by watching what was happening around me. So it's really important that we read between the pages. The third and final story I want to tell you is a story of a juxtaposition. It's a story of two things that were really close together and yet they couldn't have been further apart. What do I mean by that? Well, this story, you can refer to it in the book if you read the book. It's in chapter 10. I called that chapter A City of Tears. And I spoke of our experience in Paris. Paris. France. It had been Grace's dream to go to Paris. Everything in her life at home before we left was about Paris. She was crazy. An eight year old girl. Ooh la la was all she could say. And we found ourselves in Paris. It was part of the plan and it was prepaid that part of the trip. And we were staying in a motel just off the main road. And uh, we could see from our balcony the Arc de Triomphe, that beautiful place of history. And we walked the streets, and we saw the sights. We waited in the queues. And, and in the book, in chapter 10, you can read of some significant encounters we had in our time in Paris where we were astounded. You know, sure, the, the, the city, the city made us cry because of its beauty and its history and its people. But the experiences we had in Paris also brought us to tears. The people, their generosity, their love. But more than that, the miracles we experienced that uh, I don't want to get into now. I want you to read them in the book. But I want to give you a contrast of what was happening between the pages of those stories. We were staying in this motel and it wasn't big. It wasn't flash. We'd booked it through the travel agent before we left New Zealand, and she'd said, look, it's close, you'll be able to walk everywhere. And we did. We walked miles. Every day. We, we were there for three full days, and we walked, and we walked, and we walked. In fact, the only time we weren't walking was when we were standing in queues to get in somewhere. But here's the juxtaposition. We're in the beautiful city of Paris. We've got the Arc de Triomphe just down the road from us. We can see in the distance the Eiffel Tower. And yet, it was a struggle. We would come down from our room in the morning. The hotel, motel thing had a breakfast restaurant downstairs. And it was part of our room rate. So we would go in there and and there was croissants for breakfast and fresh juice and fruit and and other things. Uh, Elaborate food. And I remember my kids' eyes being like <laughs> the size of basketballs, like "woohoo, this is good!" And I said, "And and this is the juxtaposition. Kids, we can't afford to have lunch, so make sure you eat enough now to last you all day." And we would wrap a pastry and a piece of fruit and a serviette before we left, and we would give each person of the family a little package for their snack at lunchtime. But the reality was, that was lunch, when we ate in the morning. It's a juxtaposition for me, it's a tension, it's a struggle. I can't comprehend how it could be in one of the most beautiful cities of the world, and the richness of the history, and the buildings, and the people, and walking the streets, and hearing the stories. What a privilege it was. And if you were looking from the outside, you might think, how lucky are they? Look at them, isn't that grand? And yet the juxtaposition is, on the flip side, in the morning, 9am, we're having a coffee in the motel, we're eating our pastries, and we're telling our children, this is also your lunch. But what is it about that, that has a flip side? Well, the, the, the stories and the memories, the laughter and the tears, they all add to the flavour of our life. We read those stories, we share them over dinner, and we laugh as we remember some of those experiences and the goodness of God that we saw in his provision and the, the beauty of the city that we experienced as we walked the streets. I wouldn't trade it for anything. You know, even if I could afford to take my kids to McDonald's for lunch every day in Paris, I would rather choose the experience than the comfort So it's really important, read between the pages. Don't just read the gloss of someone's life, but look for the story behind the story, not to be nosy, but to be richer because of what is exposed between the pages. So I want to land this, I've got three thoughts I want to share with you at the end for you to perhaps have as takeaways because I, I love to tell these stories, but I always, in my mind, I'm like, well, so what? what? What does this mean for you, the listener? Those of you that are on the journey to the podcast, and I really do hope you subscribe to get this on your favorite podcast channel so you can catch further episodes that are coming. But what's the so what for you today? Number one, don't miss the true gold in your journey Because it's often hidden under the mess. That's right. We've all got mess in our lives. We've all got discomfort. We've got challenge. We've got struggle. We've got sacrifice. But if you focus on the mess, you miss the gold in your journey. Perhaps there's a season of your life where you look on it with disgust or disdain or despair. Well, perhaps you go back to that time in your life and look Between the pages of the story, to find the gold, the true gold, the richness that's been prepared for you, that's been hidden for you to discover to make your life better. Don't miss the true gold in your journey because it's often hidden under the mess. Number two, I wrote this at the end of the book, it's the final quote. Um, at the end of each chapter, I had this big orange box with a key quote in it because it was a real prominent thought that I was trying to communicate in each chapter and the theme of each chapter. The stories were told to encourage, but the stories were told to make a point. And at the final page, at the close of the book, the epilogue that I wrote, I said this. Who you leave behind is more important than what you leave behind see life is not about the what but the who you can measure your life by external measurements you can look at your balance sheet you can look at your house you can look at your uh, you can look at how many followers you've got on the social you can look at which photo has the best likes or how you present yourself to the world that's all about the what what I'm encouraging you to think about by reading between the pages of your story is that life is not about the what, but the who. That was my final thought as I closed the book called Building a Strong Family that as a parent, as a if you're an auntie or an uncle or you're a grandparent and you're investing in the lives of others, you're shaping family or you're shaping community, life is not about the what. Who you leave behind is more important than what you leave behind. And I urge you, as you try and find the gold in your journey, to focus on building the who rather than the what. And finally, I'd like to encourage you this. You are in control of writing your own story. You might not be in control of what happens in your life, the events and the circumstances surrounding your life may be out of your control. In fact, I'd suggest they are, as it is the case for all of us. But you get to write your story. You get to capture the experience. You get to look for the gold beneath the mess. You get to look for the, the experiences that make your life rich. You get to write your own story. And you may not write it and publish it like I did, I mean, that's what I do. I'm an author. I love to write for the enjoyment of other people. But you can still capture your story. You can still share your story. You can still build your narrative of your life so that the around you are made richer for the experience. And I'd say this to you. Make it colourful. If you're going to write your story, let's not make it bland and boring. Make it colourful make it romantic have a sense of intrigue and adventure and romance in your story make it a thriller make it so that you don't know what's going to happen next in your life but you're still excited to go on the journey <laughs> but i would say this just don't make it a homicide don't make it a who done it crime story that would not be a good story but i guess even if that does happen and it's outside your control you get to choose how you tell that story So I hope you've enjoyed the podcast today. I hope you've enjoyed me sharing some of the stories behind the stories, the reading between the pages to get the the gold of what's in our lives. Because I find that as I share my life with others, I hope that they're made richer, but the ultimate truth is that I am made richer by sharing my life with you. So thanks for being with me. Thanks for being on the journey with me. Thanks for being a listener Why don't you get out there and share the podcast so that some of your friends can also become richer by having coffee with Phil. Have a great day.